Hi, this is Robert Fleming of the Tucson, Arizona law firm of Fleming and Curdy PLC. I'm here today with my partner, Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman. We're going to talk about will contests. And I, and I want to start with the observation that most of our clients think that will contests are common and that uh, if they don't do everything right, there's a very high likelihood that their will will be challenged. And that's just wrong. First of all, probate of wills is relatively uncommon. Uh, I, I looked at the statistics last year that less than 1% of the deaths in Pima County, Arizona, which is Tucson, um, had had a probate filed. So, um, you know, first of all, there are just not that many probates. And then will contests, vanishingly rare. But there are will contests, and there are a lot of people who consult with us about whether they ought to contest grandpa's will or, or their aunt's will. Uh, so, um, Elizabeth... What do we usually tell them? Well, a couple things to think about here. One, the presumption is that if somebody creates a will, a trust, testamentary instrument, the person has capacity at the time that they've created that. So one of the big questions is whether or not somebody can prove incapacity. But there are other details related to the person who comes in and what their relationship may be with the decedent, the person who's died, and it's pretty unusual that we see all of the pieces align to make for a will contest that actually has any chance of going anywhere in the courts. Robert, do you want to talk a little bit about the presumptions and the shifting presumptions when we talk about will contests and who has to show what? Sure. The contestant of a will has to show that the, that the person who signed the will lacked capacity or was unduly influenced or made a mistake. Uh, and we can come back to mistake, but not just they shouldn't have done it that way, but that they didn't understand that that was a will that they were signing. Um, and, and so the contestant has the burden of proof. As you say, there's a presumption that the person who signed the will was competent, was not unduly influenced, and intended to make a will. There is one kind of important presumption burden shift that, you, that people need to understand, and that is that if the will was uh, procured through the, the services of someone who was in what the law calls a confidential relationship with the person who signed the will, they benefit from it, then that shifts the presumption and it becomes the, the, uh, the proponent of the will's burden to prove that there was no undue influence. With that single exception, everybody who challenges wills has to overcome really high hurdles in order to establish incapacity or undue influence. Is it a good idea to have something like a no contest clause or an interim provision in your will or your trust? Uh, that's an interesting question, and of course the classic lawyer answer, it depends. But, um, but there are a couple of general observations. One is, if I want to disinherit my son... Um, and so I, I leave him nothing, and then I put in a provision that if he contests the will, he will be disinherited. Well, that's not much of a threat because I've already disinherited him. And by the way, under Arizona law, you can disinherit your son. You have no obligation to leave any money to your adult competent son uh, or daughter or anybody else. There's a tiny amount that you have to leave to a spouse, but you can disinherit pretty much anybody. Um, but if you're going to disinherit them, then a no contest clause doesn't help. And so what we usually tell people is if you want to put in a no contest clause, maybe you ought to leave a small amount to your son 
$10,000, or if you're, you have a large estate, maybe more than that. And then provide that if anybody challenges the will, they are disinherited. Um, and, uh, and, and that can actually have some effect. But all by itself, uh, no contest clause doesn't improve the quality of your will at all. And when you meet with somebody about uh, contesting a will or trust, Robert, do you find that most of the people coming in are really informed to have the discussion? Or is it an inkling that they have that their parent or friend or whomever might have been incapacitated? Do many people come in with medical evidence to show? It's almost never the case. And in fact, uh, again and again, people come in and say, I was estranged from my mother, didn't have any contact with her for the last five years. She wrote a will that left everything to my older sister, and I want to challenge that. And the question that we have then as lawyers is, what's the evidence? How can you possibly say she was incapacitated three years ago when she signed this will if you hadn't seen her for two years and didn't see her for the three years after that? Uh, You're going to have a really hard time convincing a judge that, uh, that, uh, that you have any insight into her capacity. Well, she was always mean to me. Yeah, um, and that's tragic and unfortunate. But being mean to your kids is not necessarily a sign that you're incapacitated. You're also allowed to be mean to your kids, you're I You're allowed think. to be mean to your kids. I find it to be a cathartic uh, experience every <laughs> once in a while to just treat them badly. No, I think uh, I treat them pretty well, actually. I think will contests, though, are something that the general public misunderstands frequently. Um, when we do see people come in with concerns about the documents, whether it's a will or a trust that was created, there's a lot that goes into that discussion and the valuation of a case before Fleming and Curdy will agree to represent any kind of party. Typically, when we see cases litigated like a will or a trust and the validity of the document, um, a lot goes into that. A lot of lawyering goes into that. And I prefer to talk to people about the front end, about the ways that they can proactively plan, as you mentioned, if they have challenging relationships with their children or other family members, so that after they die and when their estate plans matures, we don't have administrative headaches and costs that weren't anticipated. Um, All of that can lead to a really complicated administration that at Fleming and Curdy, hopefully we can avoid if you come in and really discuss your goals and your concerns up front. Uh, One of the things that we often suggest to people is if you're going to leave disproportionate amounts to your children, maybe you think one of your children needs more money or one of your children has no use for your money because they married well or they're very successful professionally or whatever uh, you might want to talk through that with the with the kids with the whole family at the time you sign the will and i don't mean talk through it to see if they agree with it i mean talk through it to explain to them why you've done that you get to choose and if after you've chosen maybe you want to explain it so that they don't get blindsided by it when when they read your will after your death and they can no longer say hey mom what was that about? How come you how come you wanted to disinherit me? Maybe you have a perfectly good explanation that you ought to share with them. Here, here's the last point I want to make about will contests, uh, because it seems obvious, but I'm I'm surprised how often people come to see us about contesting a will, typically of a more distant relative. I don't like the fact that my brother disinherited his daughter and left everything to his son, and I'd like to contest the will. I'm sorry, you can't. You are not someone who, who, uh, who benefits from his estate, even if his will is invalid. You're not, if you're not an heir and you're not named in an earlier will, it really 
doesn't matter how strongly you feel about uh, about their competence or the undue influence or the misbehavior of their daughter or son or, or whomever. You don't have any standing to raise any of these concerns. And, and I'm surprised how often people overlook that, that small detail. Will contests are rare. They are seldom, seldom successful. They are difficult and often expensive to mount. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't take care when you're signing your will to make sure that it's done well, done properly, uh, and, and done, I hope, with the help of a, of a competent law firm. Like, oh, I don't know, Fleming and Curdy PLC, a Tucson, Arizona law firm focusing on estate planning, elder law, trust administration, and including prominent local lawyers, Robert Fleming, oh wait, that's me, and Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman, oh wait, that's you. Uh, come and join us again for future podcast discussions, and uh, we'll look forward to talking with you then.